All right, and here we go. Just a guy talking football podcast with PJ Janky here to recap all of your Sunday action from week three. Let's just dive right in, guys. Let's start off with uh, one of the first games in the morning, which was Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions ended up taking this one down 20-6. to Let's start off on the Atlanta side, guys. 183 total yards of offense, and it showed with their score of only six points. Bijan Robinson, very quiet yesterday. 10 carries for 33 yards rushing. Desmond Ritter, very subpar. And what is usually a strength for the Atlanta Falcons is their good offensive line play. Well, they got pushed around yesterday. And we'll jump over to the Detroit Lions side of things now, guys. Detroit Lions, oh my goodness. Seven sacks on the day. Jared Goff, solid play. 243 yards passing, a touchdown in the air. He also added a touchdown on the ground. Jameer Gibbs, 17 carries for 80 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown doing his, his thing. Nine receptions for 102 yards. Uh, receiving. I think they got to get more uh, Jamar Gibbs involved in the passing game, though, guys. And really, I think their passing game overall has to kind of improve in the way of they only targeted four wide receivers yesterday total, or total four total receivers, I should say. And in the last game alone, they had eight targeted. So maybe it's just eight. It was enough to get it done. You move on. But Detroit, those are just some things that I'm seeing that maybe they got to work on. Let's move on to another game from the morning, the Buffalo Bills at the Washington Commanders. We saw Buffalo handle the Commanders in this one, 37-3. Buffalo's rolling, guys. They had 386 total yards of offense. They were 60% on third down. Allen was nothing spectacular, but enough to get it done. 218 yards in the air. He had another 46 yards on the ground. The one thing that you can say that is working good for Buffalo on the offensive side of the ball is... The progression of Jared Cook in the running game, guys. They had 15... Jared Cook had 15 carries for 98 yards. You're adding in Murray and Damian Harrison there, too. Both are in the run and pass option, guys. It is... It's definitely another factor that's helping Buffalo's offense start to click. Now, you did see Stefan Diggs get eight receptions on 12 targets for 111 yards, which is great. But the thing that I worry about with Buffalo's offense, and and I think that a lot of people worry about, is the next closest on targets was Gabe Davis with four targets. Now you've got 12 targets for Diggs. The next receiver is with four targets. They got to spread that ball around a little bit more. But the nice thing that you're seeing on the Buffalo's offensive side of the ball is that running game starting to kind of get going because then they can't just get ready for the pass. If you get the running game going, they can't worry just about what Josh Allen's doing. They got more things to be concerned about, and that's a good sign that you see from the Buffalo offense going. Now, the other good things that you're seeing from the Buffalo team is their defense. I think we got to give Sean McDermott a... uh, tip of the cap here, guys. He has taken over the defensive play calling, and you have seen the defense vastly improve. They had nine sacks on Sam Howell yesterday. Yes, nine sacks. You saw him intercept him four different times, and they also recovered a fumble. They had 15 total QB hits, guys. 
It is just a dominating performance by the Buffalo team altogether, but especially their defense. So now Washington Commanders, they were 2-0, but they came crashing back down to earth. And yesterday, I would say the the O that they were looking for was oh no. So like I said, Sam Howell looked like he was making his fourth start overall, guys. He only had 170 yards passing. Not too much to say about anything on their offense, really, guys. Their O-line played very bad. And it looks like deep down the teams are starting to kind of look at Sam Howell's tape, maybe start adjusting to him. So it's up to Eric Bieniemy and see what they do. I mean, you shake it off, it's one bad game. But they got to definitely improve after that. And they got taught a couple lessons by Buffalo. All right, moving the light along. Another game in the morning was the Miami Dolphins versus the Denver Broncos. Guys, Miami won this game 70 to 20. Uh I was it was a complete beatdown. They had 726 total yards of offense. Uh Tua 23 for 26 for 309 yards and four touchdowns, including two of those touchdowns were like two no-look shovel passes. Two of those passes were to Devon Aikchain, and he had himself a day. He had 203 yards on the ground. He added four receptions for 30 yards in the air. He had four total touchdowns. Raheem Mostert had three other touchdowns. Guys, they didn't have Jalen Waddle. They didn't need him. Tyreek Hill went off for nine receptions for 157 yards and a touchdown. The basic thing that you saw was Miami capitalized on everything that they needed to. They had three short fields from from turnovers from the Broncos, and they capitalized on them each time. Their defense played good. I mean, yeah, they gave up 20 points, but at the end, who cares? They, they scored 70. So here's the deal with the Broncos. The offense is not the problem. Russell Wilson is looking better. He had 306 yards and a touchdown. Now, Cortland Sutton did catch a touchdown. He did fumble twice, which isn't good. But my goodness, guys, that defense on the Broncos needs to have a wake-up call. And I wouldn't be shocked if you saw their defensive coordinator relieved of some duties or fired sometime today. I just, you can't give up 70 points and 726 total yards of offense and not have an answer for it. I get it. It's a third game in. But you're 0-3, and the last two games, your defense has looked very pitiful. All the games that they've lost, the defense has given up key plays. It, it just, they need to do something to shake it up there in Denver, and I wouldn't be surprised to see see that happen. All right, guys, we're going to go to an uh, AFC South division battle yesterday in between the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We saw Houston win this game 37-17. to which is probably pretty surprising for some people, including myself. I thought Houston's making some progress. I didn't think that they'd have enough to beat Jacksonville. But hey, here's the deal with Houston. Uh, C.J. Stroud's looking pretty solid. 280 yards passing with two touchdowns. They were 60% on third down. And they basically broke down this way. Houston capitalized on drives when Jacksonville did not. Okay, Special teams, they blocked a field goal. Kickoff return for a touchdown by a fullback, by the way, when he muffed the catch and then it ended up running it back for 85 yards. So, this is what happened in Jacksonville in the first half. They missed a field goal, they punted, they had a field goal blocked, they punted, and then they fumbled. That is not the way to have any first half of any game go well for you. They got back within 17 to 10. 
within striking distance with with Houston. Then they ended up giving the kickoff return. And then everything just crumbled from there. Now, uh, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine, he looked okay. Travis Etienne, he looked pretty solid. But my question to you is, where is Calvin Ridley? He had a great first game. Eight receptions for 101 yards. Last game, though, he had two receptions for 32 yards. And in today's game, he had three receptions for 40 yards. Guys, this guy is supposed to be a pretty big deal for their team. Christian Kirk is definitely up there and doing well for them on the receiving side. But I think they got to get Calvin Ridley alive again if they want to see their offense be more successful and put some more W's in their win column. Okay, moving right along to... The Indianapolis Colts versus the Baltimore Ravens. We saw Indianapolis win this one in overtime, 22-19. Now, overall, this game was pretty well matched up. We saw Indianapolis not have Anthony Richardson in there. They did have Gardner Minshew. He did pretty well, 227 yards passing and a touchdown. Zach Moss added 30 carries for 122 yards. And you did see their kicker, Matt Gay, go 5-for-5 for field goals and four of them over 50 yards, including the one that sealed it against Baltimore. Now, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson had 202 yards passing. He did have 14 carries for 101 yards rushing with two touchdowns. The Baltimore defense played okay. They had five sacks. They did get a safety, but they gave up a lot of yards on the ground, guys. And just at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. Indianapolis's kicker got it done. Justin Tucker missed a field goal just at the end of regulation, but it was from 60-some yards away. I can't blame him there. At the end of the day, Indy just outlasted Baltimore in this one. All right, let's go to another high-scoring game in the morning, which was the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Minnesota Vikings. Los Angeles ended up holding on to win to put their first W in their win column at... 28 to 24. You saw Justin Herbert go 405 yards passing with three touchdowns, with Keenan Allen having 18 receptions on 20 targets. 18 guys. Some people don't even have 18 receptions for the through the first three games, let alone one game. He had 215 yards. You saw Mike Williams go seven receptions for 121 yards. The problem that I see here, the Chargers almost did Chargers things, guys. They had 12 penalties overall as a team and they had no running game whatsoever now I know that they don't have Austin Eckler maybe that's a big portion of it but the other way they almost did Chargers thing was they gave up the ball turned over the ball on downs on their own 24 late in the game to give Minnesota a chance to win which Minnesota didn't the Chargers defense ended up hanging on but it was really close to being another Chargers doing Chargers things. Okay, on the reverse side, we have Minnesota with a much more balanced attack. Really good to see. 130 yards rushing as a team. They had Alexander Madison have 20 carries for 93 yards. Kirk Cousins, 367 yards passing with three touchdowns. And Justin Jefferson, seven receptions, 149 yards and a touchdown. We're going to probably keep saying that Kirk Cousins, oh, another 300-yard game. Oh, Justin Jefferson, another 100-yard game. But it's not equaling out to wins for them, guys. They are 0-3 now. Justin Jefferson did leave on the last drive, too. It looked like he just had a cramp. I don't know about any other status update than that. But needless to say, Chargers hung on to beat the Minnesota Vikings 28-24. to Okay, Next up, we got the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets in an AFC East battle. 
Now, this game was pretty rainy there in New York. We saw it kind of pretty much affect, uh, I think, both sides of the ball a little bit. But the Patriots' offense looked pretty solid on both sides. You had Mac Jones, 201 yards passing with a touchdown. Then you saw a really good balance attack of rushing from Ezekiel Elliott with 16 carries with 80 yards. And then Ramondre Stevenson with 19 carries for 59 yards. The main thing is the New England defense held out against the Jets. They had three sacks, and they also had a safety against Zach Wilson. Now, here we go with the Jets again, guys. The offense, where is it? We don't know, but the main thing that I can tell you about the offense is that O-line play is bad. Wilson, Zach Wilson had 157 yards passing. They were only 13% on third down. Where is the running game? They had they signed Alvin Cook. He just had eight carries for 18 yards. Brees Hall had eight, 12 carries for 18 yards. I don't know what's going on, but man, even if Aaron Rodgers was in here, I think he'd be having problems because that O-line is not playing good at all. The Jets defense, yes, you only gave up 15 points, but you had zero sacks. And really, the way that the offense is playing, the Jets defense would almost need to play perfect for them to kind of keep winning games, much like they did in the first week. The Jets defense just really carried that team or carried the team to victory that first week against Buffalo. All right, let's go on to New Orleans Saints versus the Green Bay Packers. Now we saw New Orleans lose this game 18 to 17, but really guys, New Orleans was up 17 to nothing. It felt like forever. They had a pump return for a touchdown. They had Chris Olave being very consistent with eight receptions for 104 yards. Their defense played well for three quarters. Then you saw Derek Carr go down in the third quarter with an AC uh, joint sprain and Jameis Winston come in. Then in the fourth quarter, it just be, all started coming Packers. They uh, Jordan Love had 259 yards passing. He did have a touchdown. He did throw an interception, but... Really, he just kind of willed this team to the victory at the end. Romeo Dobbs looked solid in the absence of Christian Watson, and you did see Jaden Reed, the rookie from Michigan State, start to really kind of take on guys. Packers defense did enough during the game to hold the New Orleans Saints to uh, not too many points, and at the end, the Packers put together a fourth quarter and ended up winning the game at home, and now they are 2-1. and one. All right, now let's go to the Cleveland Browns versus the Tennessee Titans. Guys, we saw Tennessee offense just be very subpar again. Uh, Tannehill had 104 yards passing. Derrick Henry had 11 carries for 20 yards. I, I think it might be time to change things up, guys. Obviously, no one is afraid of the Tennessee Titans offense, not even Derrick Henry. So they're probably stacking the box, getting ready for Henry, and then just waiting to see if, yeah, if Tannehill, beat me if you can. But obviously, I don't think he can. He They had 94 total yards of offense. They were 16% on third down, guys. Those are kind of key stats every time. If they're not converting on third down, you're probably losing the game. They only had 21 minutes of uh, for time of possession. Yes, their defense played okay. They had five sacks. They did. They harassed um, Deshaun Watson pretty well, and they they held up pretty decently against the running game. But at the same point, you can't. The defense is going to get tired. They're going to give up points. And you saw that happen. Cleveland 
when people were worried about their offense, I don't know why. Watson looked pretty good. He had 289 yards passing for two touchdowns. They didn't really have a rushing attack, which I get it. They're probably trying to figure stuff out with Chubb being out. Uh, Ford, Jerome Ford had 18 yards, and Kareem Hunt, the new addition, had 13 yards. I think that will come in time. Deshaun Watson was getting it done through the air. Amari Cooper was one of the main recipients of that. Seven receptions, 116 yards receiving with a touchdown. Cleveland defense had three sacks, and really, they held the... The Titans still just three points. So Cleveland's defense is is rolling. I think the Cleveland offense is going to start clicking more. They got to get some stuff figured out on the running the game, but I believe that they can and they will. All right, moving on to the afternoon games. First up, we had the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. We saw the Seahawks take this one down 37 to 27. Now Carolina's offense really got going a little bit better under Andy Dalton with Bryce Young out. We saw 361 yards passing from Andy Dalton with two touchdowns. No running game to speak of, though, guys. Miles Sanders, nine carries for 24 yards. I don't know what's going on with their with their uh, running game. It's probably a little bit of the old line play, but we'll have to see. Adam Thielen had himself a day. 11 receptions for 145 yards and a touchdown. The Carolina's defense did okay. But at the end of the day, Seattle just kind of outlasted him, guys. We saw Geno Smith, 296 yards passing. He did give up an interception. We saw Kenneth Walker be solid again with 18 carries, 97 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns. Guys, Seattle's defense did play okay. They had three sacks. But, man, these last couple weeks, they've given up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Last week, they gave up 31 points. And 418 yards of offense, and they ended up winning. In this game, they gave up 27 points of offense, 27 points, and 378 yards total offense. That's that's going to be troubling. You're not going to pull the rabbit out of your hat every time. So we'll see what Seattle does, but they definitely got to work on some stuff in the defense. But hey, they're two and one. What else can you really say? All right, let's go on to the debacle that we saw happen in Kansas City, which we saw Kansas City beat the Chicago Bears 41 to 10. Guys, this was this was this is what we expected. Kansas City had 456 total yards of offense. Mahomes played pretty dang near perfect as well. 272 yards passing with three touchdowns. You saw Travis Kelsey doing Travis Kelsey stuff. Seven receptions for 69 yards with a touchdown. Guys, it was 34 to nothing at half. And to just describe how well the Bears were playing, I think at one point the Chiefs had, it was 41 to 0, and the Chiefs had more points than Justin Fields had passing. So you can kind of see how that day went for Chicago Fields. Yes, they did have some more designed runs, but it just looked bad, guys. 99 yards total passing. He had 11 carries for 47 yards. But he did give up. But he did have an inter- interception. You did see DJ Moore three receptions on six targets for forty-one yards and a touchdown. But that's when the game was over. The Kansas City Chiefs defense at that point really didn't care. You did see the running backs do okay for Chicago, and I think if Chicago wants to see themselves do better on offense, they have to get that running game off and going. They need to have consistent games of 150, 200 yards rushing, that kind of thing, like they were doing last year. You've got Roshan Johnson, you've got Khalil Herbert, 
You've got a good two-headed monster back there. Not to mention Deontay Foreman, but you also got Fields. So really, you've got a four-headed monster. They better start getting that that rushing game working because that's going to give Fields some some boost and confidence and everything like that. But really, it's what we thought, guys. Kansas City's defense played great. Three sacks, a fumble recovery. I mean, and they just dominated the Chicago Bears. Okay, here we go with a big surprise in the afternoon. The Arizona Cardinals beating the Dallas Cowboys 28-16. to Guys, let's just talk about Arizona here real quick. Josh Dobbs just played okay. 189 yards through the air, 55 yards on the ground. The main thing about Arizona was their running attack. They were shredding the Dallas defense. They had 222 yards on the ground. Everybody was getting involved. James Conner, Josh Dobbs. You saw the Cardinals wide receiver more bust out on a long run too to have a touchdown. It was their game plan and it worked perfectly. The Arizona Cardinals scored on their first five possessions. That's what you need to do to beat teams like Dallas. Okay, now on the reverse side, like I said, Dallas's defense was shredded by the run. And that's the thing, guys. You can't pass rush when the guys are just running right by you. So, Micah Parsons did still have a sack. They did have two sacks on the gay as a Dallas defense. And now, as a Dallas offense, this is where they stumbled. One for five in the red zone, guys. That's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. And they saw that against, really, an Arizona team... That's been playing pretty hard the last few weeks, guys. We've seen Arizona put up some points. So, you know, for a team that's supposed to be tanking, they're really putting up some points and having some fight on their team. So, now, you saw Dak Prescott just look okay, 249 yards in the air with a touchdown. And you saw Pollard go go pretty good on on the ground with 23 carries for 122 yards. But the main thing is, guys, was Dallas couldn't stop the run and Arizona knew it. Okay. Now let's uh, go to our night game, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Las Vegas Raiders. We saw the Steelers hang on to win this one, 23-18. Guys, the score was close. It didn't really feel that close the whole game. Pittsburgh offense did look a lot better. So I think the Fire Matt Canada talk might calm down for a little bit this week. Kenny Pickett, 235 yards in the air with two touchdowns. We saw George Pickens with four receptions for 75 yards. And we did see Najee Harris look a little bit better. He had 19 carries for 65 yards. He hasn't busted through all the way yet. But we did see more commitment to that run game. And I think that's opened up some stuff on the pass for him. The main thing about the Steelers, though, guys, is they're coming to play on defense. They had four sacks. They had three interceptions against Jimmy G. Now, Jimmy G did have 324 yards passing and two touchdowns that both went to Devontae Adams, but those three picks were enough to put the dagger in them, guys. Now, Devontae Adams, you want to talk about another guy that was targeted 20 times. He did have 13 receptions for 172 yards. The, the, the Raiders' defense played okay, but at the end of the day, that Pittsburgh Steelers' defense was just too much for the Raiders to handle. All right. Let's review our Monday night games. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Guys, I like filling in this game. I do like Tampa Bay, though. When I first looked at these uh, lines, I like. I think it's still at 5, Tampa Bay at plus 5. I'm, keep, I'm taking Tampa Bay at plus 5. I think they're going to keep it close. 
just like a few other teams have against Philly. But I think at the end of the day, Philly's going to win this one. And I do like the over of 46. All right, let's go to the other game of the evening. The LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. No status uh, update on Joe Burrow quite yet. Supposedly, Zach Taylor's going to put it, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals is going to put it down to the wire to see if Joe Burrow can play tonight. And now, I think a lot of this game and how this game goes depends on if Joe Burrow plays. I think at the end of the day, they're probably going to hold Joe Burrow out, which I know is a big risk because you're risking going 0-3. And I think that's probably what's going to happen, guys. I like LA Rams in this game. I like the LA Rams at plus 2.5. I do like the under of 43.5 just because if Burrow's not playing, I'm not seeing a lot of scoring from the Bengals. I think the Rams are going to do enough. I think their offense has looked pretty decent without Cooper Cup right now. And I think they're going to do enough to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, guys, that's going to be it for our our recap today. Tune in tomorrow morning. I'll give you, I'll go over these uh, two Monday night games that we have. I'll give us our post week three power rankings and we'll give some injury updates on some of the key players that went down this week. But other than that, guys, thanks for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with BJ Janke. And I'm out.